Welcome to the Community Engagement Newscast for July 28, 2020, the final Tuesday of the month. This brief look and listen at our region is sponsored today by the Charlottesville Podcasting Network, bringing you public affairs programming since 2005. SeavillePodcast.com offers hours of audio from the community's recent past. That's SeavillePodcast.com. The Albemarle County Board of Supervisors and the Charlottesville City Council have both voted to limit occupancy in indoor restaurants and to require facial coverings in indoor spaces. The two resolutions were also endorsed by University of Virginia President Jim Ryan, even though the new rules are not binding on grounds. Deputy County Attorney Andy Herrick told supervisors on Monday that Albemarle's ordinance change has three main components. The first is a limit on indoor occupancy at food establishments, wineries, breweries, and distilleries. It would provide for a limit of 50% occupancy. The second provision in Section 5 is a limitation on gatherings. While Phase 3 statewide limits gatherings to 250 people, uh, the proposed ordinance would limit gatherings to 50 people. Herrick said those exceptions are for outdoor food establishments, farm wineries, farm breweries, religious exercises, weddings, and public demonstrations. Finally, Section 6 of the proposed ordinance would have a face covering requirement to require face coverings at indoor public places and outdoor public places uh, which do not have, uh, at which um, six-foot physical distance is not um, possible. Exceptions include residences, gyms, schools, religious institutions, and the county courthouse building. The ordinance had been modified since the board took it up last week with input from Albemarle's Commonwealth's attorney, Jim Hingley. Supervisor Donna Price of the Scottsville District likened the ordinance before the board as a high-wire act. I believe as supervisors, we have a responsibility for health and welfare, as well as looking at the economic impact, and that we, we are walking a bit of a tightrope here and trying to ensure that we take enough action without taking too much action. If we don't take enough action, then we run the risk of our residents being infected and having the spikes here that the rest of the country is seeing. If we go too far, then we have the, the potential uh, of too much economic adverse impact. Supervisor Ned Galloway of the Rio District urged anyone opposed to the ordinance to read it carefully before it goes into effect at midnight on August 1st. And I don't want folks to either think we're being overly restrictive or not restrictive. Uh, whether you're for this ordinance or against this ordinance, I hope everybody will be um, mindful to read through to know exactly what it is and isn't doing. Supervisors voted unanimously to support the ordinance, which goes into effect at midnight on August 1st and will last for a period of 60 days. Herrick said the county is still looking into a policy to allow for restaurants to open more temporary outdoor seating. The ordinance does not affect the school system, who held the third in a series of town hall meetings to discuss potential options for the upcoming school year. The school board will hold a meeting on July 30th to make a final decision, as will their counterparts in Charlottesville. UVA President Jim Ryan sent an email to the board and council stating support for the ordinances. He wrote that, It has become a cliché to say that we are in this together, but in our case, the actions of a few people on grounds or in the community really can affect everyone else. Less than an hour after the Board of Supervisors meeting, four of the five city councilors met to discuss a similar ordinance. City Attorney John Blair described their draft as having stricter guidelines than those put forward by Governor Ralph Northam in Phase 3, which Virginia entered on July 1st. 
Like Albemarle's ordinance, the cities will also limit in-person gatherings to 50 or less. What this local ordinance would do would be to capture almost all indoor public spaces. The city's ordinance has language that covers council's desire to make sure that not wearing a mask would not be an offense that would result in incarceration. Blair said that Albemarle's ordinance states that a violation would be a Class 1 misdemeanor, which could lead up to a year of jail time. In the city, it would be a Class 3 misdemeanor, which carries up to a $500 fine. Councilor Lloyd Snook said he had been contacted by restaurant owners about the ordinance, which he supported because physical distancing rules also limit capacity by reducing available space. My, my suspicion is, number one, it's not going to hurt them, and number two, that it's going to help them if they're, try- if they're truly trying to enforce uh, what the law would require. Charlottesville Mayor Nakire Walker was absent from the meeting. The city's ordinance also goes into effect on August 1st. For more from the two meetings, listen to the latest episode of the Charlottesville Quarantine Report. The University of Virginia will reopen its Aquatics and Fitness Center and other athletic facilities on August 3rd. That's according to a report on the Cavalier Daily. Members of the AFC will need to reserve a space, and space will be limited. Other areas that will reopen are the Snyder tennis courts and the artificial turf fields at the park. Governor Ralph Northam will speak at 2 p.m. today at a press conference to give updates on Virginia's response to COVID-19. He last held such an event on July 14th. Northam was in Hampton yesterday to unveil a $70 million grant package for small businesses that comes from the Federal CARES Act. The Rebuild Virginia program will help up to 7,000 applicants cover costs associated with the pandemic. This grant program will provide up to $10,000 for small businesses and nonprofits to help them meet existing or unpaid expenses such as back due rent or utility payments. The funding can also be used to prepare for and respond to this new environment, whether that means purchasing PPE or hand sanitizers for employees or pivoting to a new business model to better serve their customers. To be eligible, businesses must not have received federal loans from the Paycheck Protection Program or other such initiatives. The Rivanna Water and Sewer Authority will meet at 2.15 p.m. today for a virtual meeting. In a report to the Board of Directors, Executive Director Bill Moyer said two groups at the University of Virginia are planning to study wastewater before and after students come back to trace the prevalence of SARS-CoV-2 in wastewater as an indicator of community health and infection rate. In Greene County today, the Board of Supervisors there will meet and get an update on their water supply plan. Last week, the Rapidan Service Authority voted 4-2 to to stop the collection of monthly facilities fees that were intended to help cover the capital costs of a new reservoir. They meet in open session beginning at 7.30 p.m. They'll also get an update on COVID-19 from Greene's Emergency Management Director. And that's it for another installment of the Community Engagement Newscast. I'm Sean Tubbs, your host, and thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this program, please feel free to send it along to a friend or subscribe in iTunes. We're still figuring out how, but we know you can do it somehow. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow for more information.